Hi, welcome to the Dartarian Show. I'm Alexander Dartarian. And I'm Dominic Sykes. And last week we did a uh, Jesse James episode with me and Trey. Uh, you were quarantined. Yeah, I missed out on that one, yeah. unfortunately. Uh, but we're going to have to re-record that because uh, I, at first I thought it was Trey. Because every time Trey gets on here, the audio messes up really bad. Yeah. But uh, no, it turns out we needed new mic cords. Uh-huh. Yeah, they had frayed. Uh, they were quite old, so uh, we went ahead and got new ones. So hopefully we'll, we will never have that problem again. Yeah. And I'll just have to replace the cords every six months, maybe. Right. Um, but today we're doing Urban Legends Michigan. Mm-hmm. So, um, I haven't heard a whole lot of Urban Legends come from Michigan in my life. Well, I was telling Trey last episode, if you could hear it through the static crap, um, that... I'm I'm really hoping for a lot of indigenous people uh uh from Canada and from Michigan's urban legends to see if those uh yeah, I have one right to begin with if you want me. Oh yeah, go ahead, man. Lead like, us off. Just jump in. Go ahead. All right. So it's the athletic apparition of Indian Village. Oh. So several ghostly spirits are said to inhabit Detroit's Indian Village, including a young girl who stands in the window of a house on Seminole and a ghostly athlete who wanders Parker and Co. at the crack of dawn. Local residents say an apparition of a man in tennis gear with racket in hand is known to walk dangerously close to cars in this area. Cars catch him in their headlights before he vanishes into thin air. So, an athletic ghost? I don't know if that's... I thought it was going to be more like Native American or, or... I think Indian Village is like a neighborhood. I have no idea. I don't know. I'm not from Detroit, so I couldn't tell you. Okay. Uh, The Singing Sands of Beat Greece. Ready? On the south side of Kiwana Peninsula is a beautiful beach that contains more than meets the eye. The legend is that the Native American woman lost her love to Lake Superior, and because she spent the rest of her life on the beach crying and calling out to him, the white sand still calls him to this day. Mm Mm-hmm. You can reawaken her voice by making the sand sing with the palm of your hand by patting and brushing the surface. Mm. However, it only works if you're on the beach at beat crease. Grease. It's grease. Yeah. Take the sand anywhere else and it loses its voice. Huh. So the sand's supposed to sing? Yeah, the sand's supposed to sing. So you have to be on that particular beach. Right. Like if you take it with you, it's not going to do so it. So if this thing is real, what do you think? Could be like a natural phenomenon for that. Do you think? I don't know. There's different I, different sounds probably in the in the environment. Maybe I don't know. Like uh, I've, I, I'd really like to hear from anyone who's ever been there mm-hmm. and see. Uh, yeah, or visit ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so next up is Belle Isles Lady in White. So they also have a Lady in White, like everywhere yeah. else does. Yeah. Uh, there have been tons of reports of ghostly female specters dressed in all white around the world, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, of course, Detroit has one. According to Native American legends, Chief Sleeping Bear had a beautiful daughter that was constantly being pursued by suitors. To protect her, he wrapped his daughter in a blanket and sent her down what is now the Detroit River. Mm-hmm. The winds blew her off course and she was kidnapped, but as fate would have it, the winds would win her back and return her to her father. Her father then put her on Belle Isle, which was then known as Rattlesnake Isle, and asked the Great Spirits to protect her. The Great Spirits put snakes on the Isle to protect her, and the rest is history. So it's like, not only is it is it like a Lady in White thing, um, but also 
like a snake island. Oh, that's cool. Uh, to see the lady in white, guests on Belle Isle should honk three times and then wait for her to appear as either a woman or a white doe. Oh, okay. So that's cool. Is there snakes in Michigan? Well, I guess so, because yeah. it's, it's all that stuff. But, like, I thought it got too cold up there for him. Eh. Um, Lee Griffin Shrip- Shipwreck. Okay. Uh, between the Upper Peninsula and Green Bay, there is a chain of small islands in Lake Michigan. Hmm. Somewhere in this area, no one knows for sure, is a mysterious shipwreck that is considered a historic Holy Grail, the first full-size cargo ship to sail the inner Great Lakes. The Griffin was built by explorer Robert de La Salle in 1679. Right. The ship was a work of art featuring a majestic griffin, as you know from our mythical monster creature, Mm -hmm. that's a half lion, half eagle figurehead on its front and an eagle on its stern cool so if you find this it's probably be a really great find so um i don't know they don't know if it's actually there or not yeah there's a lot of uh legends of shipwrecks too um and ghost ships especially out in international waters and stuff but can you imagine finding like you're just diving one day and come across this sunken ship or whatever with this giant well, I, griffin I, I figurehead. Have more, more of the story if you want to hear it. Oh, that's cool. I yeah. thought it'd be something cool to do. Yeah. Uh, Lee Griffin started her maiden voyage up the uh, Niagara River to Lake Erie, gave Lake St. Clair its name while passing into Lake Huron, mm-hmm. and stopped at Mackinac City for Sunday Mass before landing at Washington Island. Right. Yeah, that's... Uh, at the mouth of Green Bay. Mm-hmm. There, the crew loaded the ship to the brim of valuable furs and other goods, while LaSalle stayed ashore to make plans for further exploration west. Lee Griffin departed for a return trip to Niagara slightly more than a month after its initial departure. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the ship and crew were never seen or heard from again. Oh, yeah. Good Many ship. assured that Le Griffin was lost during a fierce storm. Mm-hmm. Shortly after leaving port, others reported that the ship was boarded and burned down or destroyed. Mm. This could have been the work of rival fur traders, local Native American tribes, or nearby Jesuits. Right. All of them who had threatened by Love South's plans for westward expansion. Mm-hmm. So pretty much, you know, they a lot of people had motive. LaSalle believed that the weary crew who had been forced to build a ship in harsh winter conditions with limited resources and under the con- constant threat of attack had finally been convinced to mutiny by the untrustworthy pilot. Right. He figured they made off with the cargo before sinking the ship. We may never know what happened to the little griffin, and the only clues lie in the remains that will may never be found. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So, not only is it an urban legend to where if it sank at all, yeah. it's an urban legend like because we don't it's like the Roanoke Island almost. Yeah, we don't know like, not we, only what where the ship is at yeah where it sank at but what sank it and that's like a, a double it's pretty cool yeah uh so next up is dog lady island so if you head into michigan from ohio right and take the exit on the east dunbar road you follow it to plum creek and you'll see the decrepit fox island or as the locals refer to a dog lady island this island was used for a number of things including a religious retreat for women the Costler family homestead, a pig farm, and even a garbage dump. But Fox Island never became a thriving community. 
by the 60s, only one couple lived in a mansion on the island. As the story goes, a gas leak broke out in their house, burning it to the ground. Shortly after, the man passed away, leaving his wife and her beloved pack of wild dogs to fend for themselves. Over the years, it's said that she lost her mind and eventually became part of the pack, chasing those that ventured on her island away on all fours. Eventually, it's said that her dogs turned on her and ripped out her tongue. Many Monroe teens have visited the island over the years and claimed to have seen glowing eyes from the brush, along with hearing animalistic growls and howls. Okay, so probably just a wolf. Yeah, <laughs> probably just um, a pack of wolves, wild dogs, whatever. Torch Lake Monster. Mm. So this is another Nessie. Yeah, almost. Um, uh, with all these talks of bizarre things on or in the water, it makes you wonder what else might be down there. Yeah. Uh, one famous lake monster somewhere in the deep, clear waters of Torch Lake has been preying on unsuspected visitors and campers of the YMCA Camp Hayawintaha for generations. Mm-hmm. Dave Foley, a counselor at the camp in the 1960s and 70s, takes credit for starting the myth, which was later popularized in a song by fellow counselor and folk musician Bob Thurston. One eye is brown, one eye is blue, his body covered on icky green goo, the lyrics of the song sang. The presence of a 50-pound muskies, or muskies in the lake late likely contributed to this tale, right? Mm-hmm. But another legend speaks to a sea panther, a what? A sea panther. <laughs> a sea panther? Yeah, I have no idea. Like literally like a like a half so. fish, half panther? Or... I have no idea if there's like a fish or something named a panther. I have no idea. Uh, Claiming that Torch Lake contains a monster with the head of a cat yeah. and the body of a lizard. <laughs> Why would it be a lizard? What? I don't know. Did Foley make up a monster story to entertain campers only to stumble upon no, something? No, this dude, even 100. Scarier. I'm sorry, Foley, but you 100% made that up. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way that's real. At least make it like the Believable. Or something. Yeah, that's a half cat. How does it breathe? It's got gills? No, it probably. Or is it like a like, whale? Oh, okay. Clumps up for air. That's probably how you see it because it goes like, yeah, like that. I just can't see oh. a cat like living in the water. He probably saw a moose swimming. Probably. Yeah. yeah, they do swim. Yeah. That's probably what it was. I don't see where he got the cat from, but... I don't know. Maybe it was just baby moose. Yeah. The Hell Bridge. A creaky, narrow footbridge nestled in the woods of Algoma Township, a bit north of Grand Rapids, is known to harbor more than safe passage over Cedar Creek. The story goes that a, that a deranged old preacher named Elias Frisk once tethered a group of children to the trees in the woods before murdering them and throwing them into the creek below. He was eventually caught by the parents of those kids who would hang him, but before he met the gallows, he is said to have told them he was possessed by demons. Reports say that those who make their way over this bridge at night claim to hear the screams of old Elias's victims and are sometimes met with a black figure with glowing eyes. Almost like a Freddy Krueger-like yeah. uh, thing, except for he wasn't burned. Right. That's kind of... Uh killing the kids and then the the family kills him i mean did they give him due process or they did just hang him i the 100 percent probably just hung him yeah they they probably knew it was him or had caught him red-handed or something i don't know yeah um old presque isle lighthouse mm-hmm. let's take a step out of the water for a moment because a lot of these have been in the water and around the great lakes yeah and visit another of michigan's great defining features lighthouses mm- Oh, I didn't know there were lighthouses in Michigan. Yeah, they they travel. Isn't Michigan a landlocked 
No, there's a huge there's fucking lake lakes. There. Yeah, but I meant like yeah. oh, okay, so they're that's how big those lakes are. Yeah, they're huge, man. God, uh, ships traveling between the Straits of Mackinac and Lake Huron need to make a turn at Presque Island on the northwest corner of the Lower Peninsula. Old Presque Isle Light was built in 1840 to help guide safe passage, but it deteriorated quickly. In less than 30 years, it was replaced by new Presque Isle Light, mm-hmm. slightly further north, which is still in operation today. Old Presque Isle Light was refurbished as a museum in 1977, with George and Lorraine Paris hired as the original caretakers. Hmm. They loved their role so much, George didn't want to leave, even after his death in 1991. Lorraine first saw the lighthouse fully lit in 1992, despite all of the wiring being removed or disconnected for decades. Mm -hmm. Since then, sailors, pilots, and spectators from across the harbor have reported seeing the yellow glow long after the bulb was removed from the lens. Many have also seen a figure in the lantern, lantern room, and others report mysteriously helpful coincidences around the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. The Coast Guard does not have an official explanation, but it sounds like George is still enjoying the lighthouse while helping visitors from the other side. Wow. So it's probably just like another light bouncing off the, yeah. the glass of the that lighthouse. Probably. But I mean, that'd be pretty cool if he was if he was helping people from mm-hmm. beyond the grave. I mean, there's some people that just their that job is their life yeah, and it is around. it just carries on to the next one. Yeah, they probably like didn't even realize they were dead. Just kept going. Yeah. Uh next up is the Nain Rogue. Perhaps the most well known of the Detroit urban legends is the devilish red dwarf that is said to be the harbinger of doom. Mm. Its origins are fuzzy, having either come from Native American folklore or an early French settlement in the area. According to some legends, a fortune teller told Antoine de la Moeth Cadillac, a.k.a. the founder of Detroit, that he must appease the creature. Right? His last name's really Cadillac? Yeah. I guess it was like Detroit, but it was like Ford Cadillac. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, Instead, Cadillac hit the creature with his cane and yelled, Get out of my way, you red imp. As payback, the Nain Rogue is said to have cursed Cadillac with about a bad luck that ended in him being imprisoned and destitute. It is also said to have appeared before some of the city's most violent events, including the Battle of Bloody Run and the Detroit Rebellion. Each spring, the city hosts the March du Nain Rogue, parade to chase the name rogue out of the city and prevent further misfortune it's still d- that yeah. today oh, okay. that's well, pretty cool huh yeah that didn't do anything for the crime rate <laughs> uh paulding light another inexplicable light shines in paulding a town near sleepy hollow on the west edge of the upper peninsula mm-hmm. yeah, the town sleepy hollow. sleepy hollow yeah it's not the same one as the new england one yeah yeah uh, heavy woods surround the area and stretch of northbound old U.S. 45 ends abruptly at the sign of U.S. For, uh, Forestry Service. This is the location from which the famous Paulding Light can be observed. It reads, Legend explains its presence as a railroad brakeman's ghost destined to remain forever at the site of his untimely death. This is what the sign says. Right. Uh, power lines and a service road cut straight through the trees as far back as the hills will let you see. Right. And it's in this clearing that sightings of the Paulding Light have happened almost nightly since 1966. Hmm. Some explain the light with different ghost stories, while others contend it's swamp gas or car headlights. Until you see it for yourself, there's no way to be sure. And they just haven't figured this out yet? 
yeah. I mean, there's what what people don't understand is that there's natural occurring light in the world, like methane gas buildup, you know, swamp gas. Also, like we have no idea what's in the ground. It could be anything. There could be a fire underneath the ground. We don't know. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, when people are like, oh, it's a ghost, it's probably literally something naturally occurring. Mm. Well, you're the skeptic, so. Yeah. It uh, could be the moon bouncing off a mirror that someone just put no, on the floor. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Troll Bridge. Right. Uh, the original bridge, which crossed the Saline River on Maple Road, uh, right, it was just the basis for the tale. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story goes that there was a couple, a man and a woman, traveling down this stretch of road when their car broke down. The man got out of the car to seek help and never came back. The woman eventually went looking for him and allegedly found his body behind the car. Both were later found dead with all of the bones in their bodies broken. Legends say trolls trolls did it. Reports say that the original bridge has since been replaced, but many who go up to that area say they feel uneasy. So, like, literally trolls living under that bridge. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, I remember the movie The Leprechaun goes to the hood. I think he went to Detroit. Uh, yeah, probably. Was it Detroit? I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. It's an old movie. Yeah. Uh, Dogman. One of the most popular urban legends of Michigan involves a tall, dog-like creature with piercing eyes and a screaming howl. Hmm. Neither a werewolf nor Bigfoot. Instead, you'll find Dogman ro- roaming the northern woods of the Lower Peninsula. Steve Cook, then a DJ at Traverse City ra- Radio Station claims that he started the myth when he made up a song about Dogman titled The Legend as an April Fool's Day joke mm. in 1987. A lot of people making up songs yeah, turn into the legends. Yeah. Cook clearly underestimated this legend as people quickly started calling it, calling in to collaborate the stories of their <laughs> encounters. Oh, God. One man recalled an incident with a beast from 1938 when he was approached by a pack of dogs Several scattered when he fired his rifle into the air, but one simply stood up tall and glared at him uh. before sprinting away. The first reports of Dogman date back to 1887, when two lumberjacks saw a creature with a man's body and a dog's head. Right. But there are also similar reports from French fur traders dating as far back as the early 1800s. So, either it's a coincidence... And this dude just happened to make up something he that probably was already heard, he probably heard the story already a legend, yeah, yeah. Or uh, I don't know. People are just like, oh well. An unusual animal attack in the nearby town of Luther in 1997 seemed to confirm Cook's prediction of a 10-year cycle for for dogman attacks. But video evidence of an attack in 2007 turned out to be a hoax. Mm-hmm. With the next round of dogman sightings expected in 2017, when modern technology finally allows us to capture proof of this beast. Modern technology has already given us proof. I don't understand. Why is it that every single video of anything unexplainable, right, is shot on the shittiest camera in existence? Yeah, I know. They're like, oh, well. Every video. You don't yeah. ever see. I, I, I've seen people with the new iPhone, right? They can, like, zoom in ridiculously far and have perfect picture quality, and you can't catch some of the stuff that yeah. is supposedly being seen. That's that's something that, that kind of makes me wonder, you know? Well, the um, dog man, like, when he shot, at, shot in the air and it stood up and ran away, that could be literally a bear. Yeah. 
bears look like dogs. Yeah. Like they have the snout of a dog and everything like that. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, yep, that's dog man. But um, uh, obviously, I I didn't hear anything in 2017. What it is, I guess we're going to have to wait till 2027 to see if it comes out again. Yep. It's like every 10 years. It's like fucking Jeepers Creepers or something. Yeah. Uh, Warlock Willie's Grave. In a hidden cemetery somewhere near Huron Rover Drive and Zeeb Road in the Skyo Township in Washtenaw County, you'll find the 1840 grave of a man who was rumored to be a warlock. According to reports, this old cemetery has been neglected for many years, but this particular grave is of interest because there's no stone, and the body of the man is said to be tangled up in the roots of an old tree that's overtaken his grave. Those who are brave enough to lay on the grave are said to experience some kind of supernatural entity flowing through their body. Some even say that they saw a dark shadow appear before they felt it. Those who don't lay on the grave are said to see apparitions and hear voices and other otherworldly sounds. Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah, so just like a... I mean, I, I wouldn't be laying on any graves anyway, but... Yeah, just for the, out of the respect aspect of it. Just like, even, that, even if You don't want to risk a... You may not... You, you cannot a hundred percent tell me that curses don't exist, right? So, well, there's an episode coming up that our season finale of this of this uh, of this season is cursed objects. So, yeah, see, you so. can never can be too careful with that yeah. crap. Disrespecting the dead, true love's kiss. Not wanting to leave you too freaked out about our great state of Michigan, right? Yeah. So, uh, well, their great state, it's not my great state, but. Uh, uh, at least three universities have versions of this story, and it's likely that many more have something similar. At Michigan State University, the gorgeous Belmont Tower stands above the trees in the middle of the North Campus. The spot itself has its own historic value, but today's legend involves a kiss in the courtyard. Mm-hmm. A couple who kisses at the spot, either in the tower's shadow or at the stroke of midnight, is destined to marry... Aha, so... One is only a true Spartan once they have kissed under the tower. I see. Because Michigan Spartans. Yeah. Uh, Each entrance to the University of Michigan's Deog has its own charm, but the engineering arch has a special romantic importance. The legend is that the college sweethearts who kiss under this arch at midnight will be destined to marry. This is more common than a mythology than practice. It's a popular place for alumni to go for wedding or engagement photos. Okay. So, like, literally, it's like that. All right. Yeah. I have another one. Mm-hmm. Or this is, I guess it's going to be the three colleges. A seven-foot-tall Central Michigan University seal has stood in front of Warner Hall for generations. For just as long, there has been a legend that anyone who kisses their lover in front of the seal at the stroke of midnight and under the full moon, will be together forever. And will turn into a werewolf. (laughs) (laughs) And just when you thought you were done with ghost stories, the myth involves two star-crossed lovers who were supposed to meet under the seal at midnight to run away and get secretly married. Uh The girl arrived early to wait eagerly. While the night kept getting colder and colder, the boy's car broke down and he was delayed several hours. He arrived to find her still there, frozen to death (laughs) (laughs) determined to wait for him until the very end Uh, as he cried and scooped her into his arms he kissed her one last time and died of a broken heart it said that the lovers were reunited in the afterlife and their spirits visit the seal at midnight to bless lovers at their alma mater that is 
that a hundred percent could have been prevented. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like, yeah. when was this supposed to have happened? Um, it doesn't really say. This is if this was any time recently, like it was probably when the college first started. But uh, mm-hmm. I did get that. Um, my 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 urban legends came from Michigan.org. Right, so it actually Mine's came, came from, Metro Parent. Yeah, so. Um, great, great urban legends to tell around the campfire is the name of the article. If you guys want to check that out, um, you guys can. Yep, and mine was Metro Parents, 10 Michigan and Detroit Urban Legends to Spook Your Teens. Right. So that was a pretty good one. Uh, some interesting urban legends to come out of Detroit for sure. Yeah, and there was there was what uh, I Michigan expected. In a lot of indigenous um, people's urban legends and fur trappers because fur trapping was huge. Yeah. And um, I'm not sure if... Uh, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Edmonds Fitzgerald uh, sink in near Michigan? I don't was know. Was it Michigan? You have to listen to the song again. It's been so long since I heard the song. It's one of my favorite songs. Um, but yeah, they they um, iron and like car parts and stuff like they. That's how they used to get across furs. They used to get across that way. If you're up in, do you really want to travel all the way around the Great Lakes, or you just want to? Put it on a freaking ship and zip it across. I ship it across, but I, I, I'm a failed geography because. But that's I, what I was telling Trey. Last I did not realize because I was like, "Where is Michigan?" I had to think about it. I'm I like, knew uh, where, I knew where Michigan was in in as far as the state. I know itself, it's, but, I know it's north and it's near Canada. Yeah, no, that's I'm, the I'm only just, thing I know. I'm talking about the lakes themselves. Like I didn't realize they were that big. Yeah, they're, that's why they're like, called the Great Lakes. <laughs> I, don't know, I guess I've just seen some smaller lakes in my time. But yeah, I, did, I just did not expect them to be as no, big as I to mean, be the lighthouse. We're for. close to Smith Mountain Lake, and that thing's huge. Yeah, I guess. So I mean, it's not it's not Great Lakes, but it's it's still pretty big. It's yeah. big enough for like I'll have to go there sometime because a hundred thousand million dollar house got to be on a bucket list. You know, see the Great Lakes. Um, I might go up to a Niagara Falls. I don't know if that's a Great I Lake. Think that's I would I wouldn't go there. I, I feel like that's kind of you, know you can pay over. to go down in a barrel. I don't know if that's still a thing, but you used to be able to pay yeah, to go down in a barrel. Probably not anymore. Like, why would you do that? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I, it's beyond me. Is but Niagara Falls uh, and the Grand Canyon, right, are two places I've already been to the Grand Canyon. I've never been to Niagara Falls, but I've been to the Grand Canyon, and I feel like it's kind of just. Well, I don't think a little underwhelming. Uh, it's not underwhelming. That's 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 a bad way to describe it. It's just it's reputation kind of you know what it it's is it's been seen I, and done so many times i think it's because the invention of the internet yeah we can look at it anytime we want like there there's actually a video a vr video you can watch yeah where it goes through like a drone flies through the canyon yeah, or spend money and you go to this place and you're just like oh yeah this is cool well, if you all, live I there mean, it's free that's true well niagara falls i think that's you have true. to pay for the ferry but yeah grand canyon you can Walk right up to the edge and look down. I don't know why you would, because I don't. I don't trust cliff. Well, for one, I'm scared of heights. We went and two. It's like we right. went when I was a kid. There was these trails that you had. You could get a. You could ride on a mule donkey, yeah, and go down these trails, right? And these sometimes they're like only a couple of feet from the wall of the mountain as you're going down, right? And then it's just a drop. Right there on the other side of the path. They don't have a railing or anything? No. I mean, at the very top they do, but on some of these paths, there's just the wall and then drop. I mean, they don't have like a net underneath? No. 
Like you know, like you know, no. like in some in some uh, in some club yeah. faces they have a net. Yeah, but that's for avalanches and rock slides and stuff like that. Yeah, I know, but you would still fucking not. want that if you fell. Well, yeah, <laughs> sure, but I don't think they they have those there. Oh, well, uh, if must, you fall, you die. Like yeah, but I would not trust a mule. At they're all. very sure-footed. Are they really? Yeah, they're extremely sure-footed. I want to know. I would feel safer on a mule going down there than I would on my own two feet. Really? Cause yeah. Why? Because they have four feet? <laughs> no, it's just because they're that they're made to do that. They no. they're very good at doing that. So. I don't know why you would. Isn't there like a place you could just get down safely? I mean, I'm sure maybe, but I would just get a parachute and jump off the top. I don't know, but that was like as a kid, one of the most boring places to go for me, because it, all it was was walking. Like, oh, let's look uh, off here, and there's... Oh, well, yeah, it's the, very far down. You got to ride a mule. I didn't ride the mule. I just I said I would rather ride a mule than my own two feet. I We didn't ride the mule. We walked. What? Why not? What, what was wrong with the mule? I don't know. What the hell, I man? was a kid. I don't, I don't know what... I was just long for the ride. Maybe maybe your mom had the same sentiment as me. Like, no, nah, I'd rather just walk. Probably, yeah. All right. Well, next week we have an interesting episode. Edmund Kemper, the co-ed killer. Yeah. Um, doing a serial killer. We did John Wayne Gacy last season. That was really good. That was a two-parter. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if this one's going to be a two-parter. It um, all depends on how the research comes out, to be honest. Yeah. If, if there's a if there's a ton of he different types of victims. stuff. Yeah. If there's, I mean, there's only so much you can talk about something before it starts becoming repetitive. or. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, co-ed killer is next week. Um, if you guys haven't listened to Jesse James, go back and listen to it. I know it's going to be difficult with the little fuzzy crap, but we are going to try to re-record it and um, or re-record half of it. I think I think around minute twenty-seven it starts getting funky, mm-hmm. so uh, we'll try to re-record that from there and just put it up. And it will just be like a. It will probably be after this episode then, if I take it off and then re-put it up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we appreciate you guys listening. Follow that link below. That takes it to us, or our social medias. Um, uh, you can email us directly from that link tree uh, a link. So, yeah, we appreciate you guys listening, and we hope you enjoyed Urban Legends Michigan. Thanks. Thanks.